We are back to another episode of Oh Hey There, episode 64. I am Jason Aponte, joined as always by Leo Luna with Rob Guerrero in the background. Now, I want to say congratulations to Leo because, Leo, the Yankees are in the division series. Rob's Mariners are in the division series, and your Padres are in the division series. Round of applause for the San Diego Padres, man. Looking good, buddy. No, no, man. Don't don't be that guy. Don't what be that guy? guy. What guy? I live in San Diego. Okay. Don't be a gatekeeper. I'm not okay. a Padres I'm not a, fan. I'm not a gatekeeper. All right, but real because quick. I I because we have... I live in San Diego, I'm a Padres fan because I love baseball and I go to Padre games. We're under we're under a time constraint, but I just want to ask this one quick question. Are you or are you not a season ticket San Diego Padre holder? I love baseball. Ah, there we go. I think we got our answer right there. So uh, I love look, baseball. Funny way to start this out, but uh yes, all three of our teams are in the division series and shout out to No man. My Black. Giants made it. My Giants made it. What? <laughs> Your Padres made it. <laughs> Shout out to Black uh, Magic, I believe is his name, for sending in the five-star review. He says, so glad I found this podcast. That's the subject. Longtime 49er fan. Love all the Niners Nation content, especially the post-game recaps. Rob and all the other hosts are truly knowledgeable and passionate about the Niners, and it's great to listen to fans who can truly relate to how I feel about the team. I did want to mention one thing that I haven't heard anyone talk about. Michelle warned us. Ray Ray McLeod has now fumbled in consecutive games in critical situations, but the 49ers recovered them both, so they were overlooked. I don't trust him back there returning kicks and punts. I just know it's going to come back to bite us one of these games when we don't recover his fumble. Anyway, keep up the great work. Sounds like something that Rob sent in, I think, on his own, because he's been the one who's been the most <laughs> upset about Ray Ray McLeod and his fumbles. But thank you, Black Magic, for the kind words. Appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Black Magic. So uh, Rob's Black, I'm just kidding um yeah i'm kind of uh say underwhelmed with what ray ray mcleod has done uh the, the whole talk about the offseason was improve the special teams and you know improve the special teams and everything of that noise yet you know ray ray mcleod was one of those additions saying oh the punt returns kick returns it's going to be amazing it hasn't you know outside of what one return it hasn't Granted, we are only five games in. Things could change over the next 11. For sure, that narrative can change. But as of this point, it's very underwhelming. Um, and especially the special teams unit in a whole, like two blocked field goals. Te- technically, three, because that point after 10 uh, was also blocked. But uh, apparently, Mitch Wisnowski is just so powerful that he's able to kick, get that kick through the uprights anyways. That's kind of why they extended the man. I'm kidding. That's my, um, kicker. that's my kicker hashtag. That's my kicker. You know what? You can save money just by having them do both jobs. <sighs> why not? I mean, there you go. You, Cap relief. If you're gonna use, if you're gonna use valuable draft capital, why not? You know, have him do both. But hey, yeah, I, positionless I, I, football. How many you. times do we say it on this podcast? Positionless yes. football. Yeah, and and I do think that it's a good place to start. I think that the special teams in this game against the Carolina Panthers, by the way, the 49ers absolutely dog-walked the Carolina Panthers. If you didn't know, the Carolina Panthers are very not good at football, if that's even a word. But, um, yeah, the special teams look very much like the unit that we were trying to improve on in this game. And, yeah, it gets overlooked because of the result and things like that. But, again, you've seen these things come down to special teams in certain games and have it cost games. I'm not saying that this is something that I'm, you know, wishing into the air, but this is something that's a fact, something that could happen. But yeah, the special teams, it did very much look like the, the unit that was piloted by uh, John Hightower last season. But Leo, 
the 49ers did go into Carolina, make Baker Mayfield look very Baker Mayfieldish. Is that the word? Baker Mayfieldish. He looks just like the same guy that we thought he would be. Um, the 49ers handled business for all intents and purposes. What were some of your big takeaways from the game? The biggest takeaway for me is is obviously this this defense is still really good despite the subtractions of the starters. Um, everyone wants to talk about Javon Kinlaw not being there, Jimmy Ward not being there, and Nick Bosa for the second half of that game. Um, did I say Javon Kinlaw? I meant Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead not being there. But it's also Javon Kinlaw. So, And then you have Aziz that's missing. That's That's five starters of your defense that's not available. And you're still crushing teams. You're still crushing offensive lines. And now Emmanuel Mosley's gone. So that counts now up to six. Over half your starters are not playing, are not going to be available. Um, I'm assuming that Nick Bosa is probably not going to play against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, why, why would he? Honestly, with the depth of this defensive line, and then you have the Rams around that corner, which that division game means a lot more although it's a conference game against Atlanta. Um, that defensive line should carry you minus Nick Bosa past the Atlanta Falcons. So you're going to have six defensive starters missing, and yet you were still this dominant, no matter the inefficiencies of Baker Mayfield. Um, they still have playmakers. They still have Christian McCaffrey. They still have DJ Moore. They still have Robbie Anderson who could do, you know, do something downfield. And this defense was still able to be dominant without those guys that's what stands out to me and honestly jeff wilson jr he he definitely deserves some attention here because i've been one saying you know what this is contract year for jeff wilson jr he's probably not a part of the future plans if if it's if the hand's not high get jordan mason in get him in um i've been preaching that yet Two games in a row, he looks pretty good. Um, the jump cuts are what stands out to me. Um, they're quick. They're quick. It's not like he does a jump and then he's like stuck to the ground for a second before he, you know, picks up his acceleration. There are these quick jump cuts that work great in this inside zone within the offense. And, you know, I'm going to give him his flowers because I've been critical of Jeff Wilson Jr., of him not being the guy. And if his hand's not high, get it to someone else. Well, his hand's hot right now. Keep beating number 22. Yeah, and I echo your sentiments on the defense, and I think that's what is the most impressive thing. Look, first of all, if this team is what we think it is, they should have dispatched this team in a similar fashion, and they did. And I think when the defense is down in this way against certain teams, you can get away with it, and I think it just speaks to the depth and the roster that we've been talking about this entire offseason. You said Jeff Wilson. What has the Carolina Panthers done to Tevin Coleman to deserve such a beating? Because Tevin Coleman is absolutely a menace against the Carolina Panthers. Scores four touchdowns against them in 2019. Scores two more in this game. And, and the best pass that Jimmy Garoppolo had in this game. And we're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit because I got some things to say. Jimmy Garoppolo stands in on a cover zero blitz, gets absolutely destroyed, throws it up, and Tevin Coleman channels his inner Randy Moss and goes up and gets it. I mean, what is it about what facing the Carolina Panthers that turns Tevin Coleman into an absolute all-pro? And for the people that are saying, yeah, you know, you got to get Jordan Mason in there. You got to – well, Marlon Mack was inactive. Jordan Mason's going to be on special teams. As long as Tevin Coleman continues to produce at this rate and – 
Stay in the Shanahan circle of trust. That's a meet the parents reference. Did I not clearly explain the circle of trust to you, Greg? You know, uh, if you're in the circle, if you're in Kyle's circle, you're not going anywhere. Tevin Coleman's going to get substantial reps while they wait for this running back group to get back together. But my goodness, man, Tevin Coleman showed burst. He showed vision. He was electric in this game, man. It's hard not to be excited about what Tevin Coleman did, especially when you think about the fact that he was on the street a few weeks ago. And a lot of people left him for dead. And, and a lot of 49er fans didn't even want him on his roster for a long time. But shout out to Tevin Coleman, man. He stayed, he stayed ready. And it's like when it's like when Scarface sees the enemy and you hear that like flashing or like kill Bill, like you hear the flashing. It's like that's what he sees when he sees the Carolina Panthers. I don't know what the Panthers ever did to uh to uh Tevin Coleman for to have him act this way. Well, and that's the thing with Tevin Coleman is it's when you have Elijah Mitchell out, who's going to who's going to, you know, get that outside zone with speed for you. Jeff Wilson Jr. is not a speed guy. We saw what type of guy he's in. He is. He's an inside zone jump cut type of runner. Um, He's not a, someone you stretch the field with and burns you with the speed. That's not Jeff Wilson Jr. That's not Jordan Mason either from what we saw um, briefly yet. Tevin Coleman's a guy that runs, what, a 4-4 at his pro day from Indiana years ago. This guy, he's still fast. He's still fast. It's not like he's 35-year-old, you know, running back. He's still relatively young, not with money miles on him, even though he is a, a veteran that spent his time across three different teams. Um, so Tevin Coleman gives you that added element for speed on the edge that you're missing with Elijah Mitchell not being there. And frankly, what you're missing with Raheem Mostert being gone these past couple of years. And you know what's funny is what I was excited about when Tevin Coleman initially was brought back was you go back and you watch the Atlanta Falcons film. He split out wide. He's he's crushing linebackers with his routes. And, and I'm like, oh, well, this is the element that they're about to add. And I think a lot of people forget that about Tevin Coleman is that he is better at catching the ball than people believe. Not Not just that screen pass, you know, right there in front of the line, but... There's film out there of him in Atlanta. You know, uh, he played in Denver, and this is the game that I'll always remember. You know, unfortunately, Tevin Coleman has the sickle cell trait, and, and he was in Denver, and they didn't want to play him. But he, I think he had four touches. Each of them went for like 50 or 60 yards, and some of them were just him split out wide, split out um, in the slot, and just beating people and getting down the field. Man, Tevin Coleman is still somebody that I feel was a little bit disrespected. Good on him for coming back, but... I think the overall discussion and this this game largely goes to the fact that, hey, Leo, when Jimmy Garoppolo is efficient and he's not turning the ball over, this team is pretty hard to beat. When Jimmy Garoppolo does not turn over the football, it's incredible because now you have this ace of a defense behind you where you're not putting them in short fields minus special teams on kickoff returns, apparently. Um, you're not putting them in these short fields. So you're giving them the keys to success. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo just needs to do. We talked about him being game manager, game manager, game manager, yet his biggest thing was the turnovers that was killing him as a true game manager. When Alex Smith had all that success Pro Bowl years in Kansas City, he wasn't turning over the football. It was legit a game manager. And if Jimmy Garoppolo can turn into that a little more, because that's going to that's going to be his lane is game manager, even with the turnovers. 
But if he's not turning over the football, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Like, the NFC is already up for the grabs for anybody to take it. If Jimmy Garoppolo's not turning over the football, the NFC is absolutely the 49ers to lose. Yeah, and and that's what's funny is a lot of people can't even fix themselves to say he played well. That's it. And that doesn't have to change your overall outlook of Jimmy Garoppolo. It doesn't have to change the way you feel about him. But if you can't objectively say he played well on Sunday, then you've got an issue. And for the people that say, well, there was two picks dropped, I implore you to open up Game Pass, watch every single game from the week, watch every single quarterback, and every time there's a dropped interception, take a drink. By the end of the second game, you won't be able to function. So it's not just Jimmy Garoppolo. This is something that it happens all the time. But for Jimmy Garoppolo, it becomes a larger discussion point. One other thing. Don't tell me about two dropped interceptions and leave out the fact that George Kittle fumbled, Debo Samuel dropped the pass, Brandon Ayuk dropped the pass. That would substantially boost his numbers. If you can't look yourself in the mirror and say that Jimmy Garoppolo played a good, clean game, and that's all you need to say, you don't need to make, you don't need to make any sweeping statements and say, Jimmy Garoppolo's a Hall of Famer. Jimmy Garoppolo's top five. All you have to say is, these are the words. I want you to repeat. Close your eyes or either look in the mirror and say, on Sunday, Jimmy Garoppolo played well. That's it. That's all I ask. And if you can't say that, then that's a you problem, in my opinion. But yes, if Jimmy Garoppolo's playing like that, the offense is moving in the way that it was running the football, and the defense is what it is, the 49ers are a tough out. And that's what made people feel so safe when Jimmy Garoppolo was here as the backup quarterback. And not many teams have a backup quarterback that they can rely on in this fashion and still say, we are an NFC, uh, you know, favorite for, for the Super Bowl. That's the part. Like, it's just, it's very easy to just say, Jimmy Garoppolo played well. That's it. Just say that. Just say those words. And that's it. Doesn't have to change the way you feel. Doesn't have to make you view him any different. If you can't say that he didn't play well on Sunday, that's a you problem, but he played well on Sunday, and I was very impressed with him. So, is this new name when he does not turn over the football, Hemi Garoppolo? No, I'm I'm putting that I'm I'm <laughs> completely putting the kibosh on that one, man. No, absolutely not. Like, no, look, it doesn't need to be that. We have him percentage. That's a that's a, a stat that is an oh hey there stat. I like that, but we're not <laughs> doing that. Hemi Garoppolo, Hemi Garoppolo only comes along if he does what Josh Allen did on Sunday, 429 yards, four <laughs> touchdowns. But yeah, that's a Hemi Garoppolo. Uh, but at this time, that's not what's needed. He was fine. He played well. That's all I need people to say. That's it. Just say he played well. It's okay. It's okay to say that he played well. Going back to Tevin Coleman, um, that game against the Denver Broncos, he had four receptions for 132 yards and a touchdown. Told you. Yeah. So, yes, that's the way that I envision him to be utilized. But, hey, good on Tevin Coleman, man. Um, I think the larger discussion now becomes the injuries from this game. And I am absolutely 100. Yes, yes. Do yes, we, we have do. to? I'm absolutely 100% gutted for Emmanuel Mosley, man. I just am. Um, Look, you never want to see a player go down for the season. But the type of season Emmanuel Mosley was building – the type of two seasons that he was about to stack yep. and being mm -hmm. in a contract year, it yep. absolutely destroys me, man. And look, you know, 
I saw some weird comments during my post-game show. Oh, you're acting like he died. I'm not acting like he died. I'm showing empathy for a guy who was very good, <laughs> uh, who was very good and now may have lost on, on, on a little bit of a payday. It's not about he died. I'm sure he'll be fine. He's a young man. He'll bounce back. But can you imagine building up that well, playing that well, being that good, having this right in front of you? And, and literally, Mooney Ward is the shining example of an undrafted free agent getting the bag. So Emmanuel Mosley is looking over at the guy over from him and saying, that's exactly what I want to do. And now that's taken away a lot of questions about turf. But Emmanuel Mosley, Nick Bosa injured. Robbie Gold injured, which I, I that that actually really is bad. That's really bad if he's not ready really to bad. go. And Jimmy Ward, Jimmy Ward, who got injured on the first play of the game, which was kickoff coverage, went out, played the first defensive snap, left the game, broken hand. Leo, what had the 49ers and the 49ers fans done to piss off the injury gods? Because I'd like to figure it out. I'd like to figure out as well, because no matter who is the head of the training staff, no matter who's the head coach, no matter what year it is, we're going to have this same discussion in 2035. It may not be with Emmanuel Mosley. It may be with Demanuel Hosley at the time, but we're going to have this same conversation then. Um, it's pretty ridiculous at this point. But for that comment, I want to touch on that. It's not like he died. yo. That's a huge blow to this defensive team. Like what like what do you mean? Like why why are you trying to act like losing Emmanuel Mosley is nothing? That's a huge blow. I'll tell you what. If they had this, this cornerback this duo, quick, if they had hold on, if they had this cornerback yeah. duo last season, they're in the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. And, and even this Leo, it's less about did he die and more about you're just leaving out the fact that that's a person who works his ass off and now that's all taken away. And now instead of it just being playing football, he has to rehab now and get back and worry about all those things. Like, mm -hmm. it's not about, oh, he didn't die. Like, people just say things to say things at certain points. But I just wanted to make sure we got that out. Go ahead, Leo. I'm sorry. No, you're good. It's just how I always try to view things is if it just because it's not your brother, not your sister, why should you have a different viewpoint on it? At the end of the day, we're all human beings. That guy, yeah, he's, you know, looked at here as an action figure. He's got a video game with his name on there, photo. He's a human being at the end of the day. These are real people. You'll notice that when you have conversations with these guys, they're, they are no different. They put their socks on just like how we do, over the foot. Crazy, right? Um, but with Emmanuel Mosley, it, it's a huge blow. Um, I guess silver lining here is your Tokayo Jason Brett is going to come in and, and play soon for the 49ers, hopefully. Um, hopefully available for the Rams game. That would be huge as well. Um, that That's literally the silver lining. I, I came to a tough, you know, thought with myself. I was like, 49ers in good faith should extend Emmanuel Mosley now. But they can't. They can't because you don't know what that open market's going to be. You can't really have true negotiations at this time you just can't do it um because one of the one of the market says that it's one year 15 million dollars like someone just wants to throw him 15 million dollars in a one-year prove-it deal or is it you know a four-year deal that's 10 per like you you don't know what it is in in the open market so it's really tough to have that negotiations um but i'd still hope that they have something and you know, out of good faith, because this guy's going to be back and he 
it's not like his play level was strictly on athletic traits. It, it's not. The dude's like 160 soaking wet. He's just a really smart football player and knows what the hell he's doing out there. Yeah, had a pick six in this game. Um, mm-hmm. I absolutely feel for the guy, man. He's been the most – I mean, I wrote about it on Niners Nation. It was three people that I picked that were absolutely not being spoken about. He was my third. Samson Ebukam and Charles O'Menohue were the other two. Both of them had very good games – as mm-hmm. well against Carolina. But yeah, um, the Jason Verrett thing is very interesting now because him being an insurance policy might just turn out to be the saving grace at this point. So look, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the 49ers don't necessarily need Nick Bosa or Emmanuel Mosley to beat the Atlanta Falcons, in my opinion. I mean, I think many of us believe that the Carolina Panthers were going to be what it was, they're they're an inferior team. I mean, their head coach just got fired um, because of this game, and and that was the final nail in the coffin. But I'm not going to sit here and act like the Emmanuel Mosley pick, you know, or or injury is something that you can just say, well, it doesn't really matter or anything like that. No, it doesn't. But it, I mean, it does. But now Jason Verrett can step into this role. You know, you can get by with one week. You do have two weeks. Oh, you have a week now with Atlanta, and then you have Kansas City. Then you have the Rams, and then you have a bye week before the Chargers. So, unfortunately, Emmanuel Mosley's season is over. Um, Nick Bosa, it seems like they don't know the extent of that injury, if I heard correctly. Um, Jimmy Ward, that's the part that was a little um, concerning. What I did find interesting was the one snap that he was on the field. Tashawn Gibson and Tano Hufunga were up top as safeties. And Jimmy was closer to the box. So remember the discussion that was being had about, well, how do you utilize it? I think Richard Sherman alluded to it. Well, I think that they'll use Jimmy Ward closer to the box, maybe play him at nickel. Those are the sort of discussions that you can have and the luxury that you have. And it seemed like that's kind of what they were exploring. I think they really like what Deshaun Gibson has shown. You know, obviously, Tano Hufanga has been great. But that's the flexibility that Jimmy Ward brings. So we're going to find out. Uh, Apparently, he's having surgery of... Per Kyle Shanahan, I'm just kind of hoping to go back to the days of can he rock the club? Can he wear the big club? And can he play? And we won't know that until the surgery is done because Dr. Narav Panja of uh, 95-7 a game, good friend of mine, uh, let me know. It's only a certain amount of hand injuries that you can do that with. And it's not something that if it's stable, then you can't you can't play at all. But if you if it is one of those injuries and it is a surgery and it is something like that, it is a possibility. I'm not saying that it is something that's certain. I'm just trying to put good juju in the air, manifest. But this is what we were talking about when we talked about this cornerback depth. Now, unfortunately, Emmanuel Mosley goes down. It's not bad to slot Jason Verrett back in there if he can become what he was a year ago. And and that's exact or two years ago, I'm sorry, in, in 2020. And that's what makes this roster so deep is, is yes, it's a crushing blow. You feel for Emmanuel Mosley. I hate it for the kid. But the 49ers have such a deep roster. And for the, all the people that were like, well, why are you keeping Jason Verrett around? This is why. Now you don't have to worry about who's going to be in the slot. Diamandola Lenore is a little banged up. He'll be all right. Sammy Womack's played well. But now your secondary is more, is more prepared to take these injuries than they've ever been. So, yeah, um, Jason Verrett might have a possibility of coming back in. We'll find out. Gutted for Emmanuel Mosley. Hate it. Robbie Gold being injured. Can't believe this is my life and me right now. 
because as anybody who knows me on Twitter or anything like that knows, I have a large anti-kicker propaganda. Anybody that's not Justin Tucker, I really don't care about. But as you can see, play calling goes out the window when Robbie Gold's injured. And then this goes back to the special teams. Why is Robbie Gold two times having to make stops? And that's why he gets injured. Kickers are not supposed to make tackles. I don't care what you think of Mitch Wisnowski. He gets injured trying to tackle somebody. Your coverage team needs to do better. Then you get to Mitch Wisnowski trying to take a 46-yard point after. That's what you get. And that's a scary thing because you can't just be going for it on fourth down. Now, sure, you get out of this game fine. Joey Sly's not walking through that door. Apparently, he's the Washington Commanders kicker. <laughs> so where do you find a guy off the street, Leo? Even though I say that, you know, the next burgeoning kicker in the NFL is working at my Trader Joe's or or my Walmart. But, you know, at the same time, it's not as easy as all that, especially with how clutch Robbie Gold was last year. Is that guy Hot Rod still available? <laughs> that was on the Colts? Like, is that what I'm coming what, uh, to? Ra- Rodrigo, Rodrigo Blankenship? Yeah, like with the straight-up goggles out there. Like, is that what we're going to have to do? Um, yeah, it's tough because, honestly, like, this special team's coverage has been bananas. It's been bad. It, it looks like high school coverage at this point um, to where as, as coaching staff, like you put them in the right spots, you, you have their assignments, you know, down to a T yet. They just can't execute. They can't execute it for whatever it is. So to me, it relates back to just high school football to where you, you everybody knows their assignment. They're just not doing it. Um, it, it's tough. It's tough right now. Things need to change quick. Like, yo, we're five games in. How how many games are we gonna play until this actually burns us? It has not yet. Thankfully, who knows? With Robbie Gold's injury and the extent of that, that can count as a burn. But in in terms of a win or loss, it hasn't burned us yet. But it's getting getting very freaking close. And that's one thing that pisses me off as a fan. If you lose because of special teams, ask Packer fans. How they feel about it? They know, they know. Wow. Too soon. Come on, like it, it's it's just you know when you think about football game X's and O's, you think about you know getting stops defensively, putting up points offensively. Oh, how'd you guys lose? Uh, you know, uh, kickoff coverage, punt coverage. Like that's so lame. Fix it. Let's go. Come on. Right. And yeah, I agree with that, man. And you look no further than last year against the Seattle Seahawks. Fake punt, and I and this was a, 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 an area that they thought they improved. Brian Schneider, all of those things. Okay, enough with special teams. Let's end with the segment that is sweeping the nation, Leo. Iced or hot? Iced coffee or hot? You know, I'm a big hot coffee guy. Leo's an iced coffee guy. He likes his cold brew. But Yes, sir. We're five weeks in, and we've got a sample size now. I think we're starting to figure out where teams are. The Los Angeles Rams lost again to the the Cooper Rush-led Dallas Cowboys. The Arizona Cardinals are an absolute mess. The Philadelphia Eagles are 5-0. After that, the New York Giants are 4-1. And and it beat the Green Bay Packers over in London Town. Yeah. Iced or hot, Leo. Is this 49ers team a contender for the NFC through five weeks? Absolutely. Absolutely, they are a contender. I this is hot, you know. I, like you said, I'm a nice coffee guy, but give me this one hot. Give me some hot I, uh, coffee here on this one. It's um, they're 
they're a contender. Absolutely. When I look at the, the other landscapes, I still have my questions about Minnesota. I, I still have my questions about Philadelphia. I do. Um, the giants. Yeah. They have a nice win over the Packers, but I'm still going to say that they're pretenders. We know about that word all too well. Right. Uh, and I think the Cowboys, the Cowboys are kind of lapping them a little bit because they're winning with Cooper rush. So imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I think, I think two th- teams are legit here and it kills me to say this, but one is obviously the 49ers. I think their biggest competitor here will be the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Reason being is defensively, they are built like the 49ers. That front defensive line is very tough to block. And that's how they're winning these games with Cooper Rush. Because you ask any Dallas Cowboys fans, like, yo, you guys are what, 4-0 with Cooper Rush? Like, he must be killing it for you guys. 5 and 0. Remember last year he beat Well, Minnesota. in his career, in his career. Well, in I'm his talking career, about this he's, season. Probably, he's never yeah. lost a game. He's never lost this, a game as a backup. This season he is 4 and 0 with the Cowboys and you ask Cowboy fans how they feel about that, they'll tell you he stinks. He stinks. Yet they're still winning these games with him and it, it's largely due to having that defensive line and big part of it is Micah Parsons. It, that's if people aren't picking Nick Bosa to be defensive player of the year, it's because they're picking Micah Parsons. Um I'm not the biggest Trayvon Diggs guy, uh, but he is playing a lot better this year in terms of not giving up yards than he did at any point last season. Um, so it's like this, their defense is nice. I don't think it's as nice as the 49ers, but currently I think the 49ers are the clear favorite in the NFC. And then it's going to be, you know, either team out of the East um between philly and the cowboys i think cowboys have the upper hand with dak not cooper rush um but it's uh jalen hurts i still have my questions about him as as a passer he's he's off to a hot start in everything um but can he keep it going to through a full season we've seen kyler murray get off to hot starts and how does he look now so um that's kind of my thought process with them i think the eagles are that team that Everybody kind of didn't see coming, and they have like a magical year. And and I'm sure that you know the Eagles are definitely going to make the playoffs. They'll probably win a playoff game. They'll move a little bit further, but uh, sustainable, like uh, down the line, it, are the Eagles going to be those guys? It doesn't matter though. They, it, it matters about this year. I think you're spot on with the Dallas Cowboys, man. Um, I think uh, Dak coming back. You know, look, say what you want about Trevon Diggs. He got beat by Cooper Cup on one play uh, yesterday, but he's a boundary guy. And I think a lot of people forget how hard that is for a boundary guy to come into the slot and try to guard not only a slot guy the best slot guy in the world right and and the play was literally cooper cup catching the ball with one hand and then taking it the rest of the way so it necessarily wasn't that trayvon Diggs got burnt now if you want to lap on trayvon Diggs a little bit it's the play that tutu atwell got him for down the field but this year he's been a lot better so yes, Michael Parsons. If you want to say that he's uh, the defensive player of the year, I won't fight you on that with Nick Bosa. Um, him and Nick Bosa are increasing their pressures. Both of them have groin injuries. They're almost like the Spider-Man pointing meme at this point, right? Um, but when you look at the the rest of the NFC, the Packers they feel fraudulent. I mean, they can't stop the run. They, I mean, and it's not just this Giants win. I mean, they they literally walked out of that game against the Patriots and Bailey Zappi barely winning that game. Um, so I don't know if they're better because Devontae Adams is gone, you know, like, like necessarily like Aaron Rodgers is still that guy. Cool. Okay. The saints, whatever. 
uh, the Vikings, whatever. I mean, we just got to wait for the lights to play. You know, Kirk Cousins started uh, started yesterday's game. I think it was 12 for 12, something like that. Yeah, it's a one o'clock game. Let's yeah. put the lights on. Let's let's put them in. Let's put them in a primetime game. Let's put the lights on. Yeah. We'll see how you are. You know, um, but I think in reinforcements are coming at least for the 49ers down the line. Trent Williams will be back in a game or two. And I think, you know what? Yep. Hold them out for one more week in this Falcons game. Get them ready for Kansas City. Get them ready for this stretch. And this is what's funny about the schedule, right? You open up the schedule, you look at the schedule, and you say, well, week one and two, the 49ers are playing the Bears in Seattle. They're 2-0. Oh, and their first real test is going to be Denver. Well, Chicago's a loss. Seattle's a win. Denver's terrible, um, largely. Sorry, Russ. You cook hmm. at this point. Yeah, I don't want to hear about it. Um, and then you look at the Chargers. The Chargers just barely beat the Browns. Um, it took Jacoby Brissett to completely implode at the end of that game for them to even win yep. that game. Um, the Rams are who they are. I think the Rams have a lot of problems with their offensive line. Matthew Stafford's banged up. They have no running back situation. They have no deep threat. Just so everything's in front. The Rams are in trouble. So when you look at the landscape of the NFC, yes, the 49ers are a contender. They are absolutely a contender. And they, as long as they are going to get reinforcements back in terms of Trent Williams, Elijah Mitchell maybe down the line. Um, you're talking about some defenders, or possibly Aziz Al-Shair, possibly. You know, we know that Emmanuel Mosley's not going to, you know, be around. But Jimmy Ward could possibly come back in two to three weeks if, if that's worst-case scenario. Jason Verrett, yes, the 49ers. And if Jimmy Garoppolo plays in the fashion that he played this past week, the 49ers are absolutely a tough out. And that's why so many people, when, unfortunately, Trey Lance went down, still looked at the 49ers in the way that they do. So, yes, this is hot coffee. Hot, hot, hot. The 49ers are still a contender in the NFC, and this is going to be a very fun season. And the 49ers have a chance to go 4-2 against an Atlanta team. I will be there. I'm traveling on Friday. I'm going. 4-2, um, and two, get ready for that Kansas City game. Get ready for the Rams. And then you have a week off, and then you go to the Chargers. The 49ers have all of this right in front of them. You know who we did not mention? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You why? know why I didn't mention them? Because this defensive line is going to smoke Tom Brady. They have well, the no shot. Bad. That offensive line is so bad right now. Yeah. I'll be shocked if they put up 17 points against this 49ers defense. Like, I I think they're going to absolutely dog walk Tom Brady because he can't move. He legit cannot move. And it it uh, he's like Aaron Rodgers. Once you squeeze that pocket, they get a little tense. They get a little tense. And that's what they're going to do with Tom Brady. So that's why I, like, I don't consider them say tough uh at, at least say if we're looking at an nfc title game i think the eagles will be tough and i think the cowboys will be also tough buccaneers 49ers dog walking packers we already know what that looks like in the playoffs um you were also talking about the the schedule and teams that we thought were going to be tougher matchups that may not be as tough let's throw the raiders in there too they're about to start Ooh. one and four and oh so you, you got know, them losing I, so, so for everybody who's listening to this podcast in the future on Tuesday, Leo <laughs> just told you that the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Las Vegas Raiders by a score of 35 to 20. How many uh, Travis Kelsey fantasy points? Because that's all I really care about. He's, he's in the 20s today. He's in the 20s. Good, good, good. That's what I wanted to hear. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair way to look at it. And I think that this is a large enough sample size, five weeks, that we're, we we don't have to make sweeping statements, but we can kind of see what teams are. Um, it's not like the Packers have guys injured. They're just 
inept offensively down the stretch. Um, and the, the Bucks offensive line has been bad. And yeah, I mean, it's all right there in front of the 49ers. So um, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you, Leo, as usual. It was, was kind of sad, you know, not being able to support with you last week, man. Uh, wasn't anything personal. I mean, I just want to take my victory lap that, uh, that uh, you know, 49ers are going to beat the Rams. They were going to beat the Panthers. I told you guys a little bit. You're like, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Things are going to be all right. But Rob stepped in and he crushed it, man. I'm sure that I'm sure that you guys enjoyed that episode. But yeah, everything's okay right now for the 49ers aside from the injuries. Injuries are going to be a part of the game. Nobody in this league is going to feel bad for you. You just got to move forward. You got to keep playing. And it's going to speak to the depth of this roster. But an amazing episode. Thank you, Leo, as always. Leo, uh, at Leo Luna on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Apate2103 on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. Shout out to everybody. Leo, any last words before you go? Go Padres. Dude. <laughs> Come on now. Go what, man? Go. I mean, look, you know man, what? what? Hey, take your victory lap now because what? I'm going to take mine when the Giants sign Aaron Judge. That's All right, that's fine. Hey, that's look. Hey, look, look. Fair trade. The Yankees find a way to win the World Series. You can have Aaron Judge. It's okay. Oh, I'm okay with that. Let's do it. That's fine. All right. Well, for that, let's go Yankees and let's go Niners. Oh, man, we're getting a man <laughs> of subscribers. But uh, have a great day. And thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you.